0: person. If you could please state your name and spell it for the record, please. L-A-R-L-Y-N-N. And do you promise or affirm to tell the truth today? Absolutely. Could you tell us uh, what your training, your professional training is?
1: I am a registered nurse.
0: And where were you working without naming the institution uh, during the pandemic?
1: I was working in long-term care.
0: Can you tell us uh, about some injuries you witnessed which appeared to be correlated to the administration of the vaccine?
1: Yeah, we had um, large numbers of the the residents with um, extremely painful arms um, for, like, days and days. They couldn't even lift their arms and stuff. We had to, like, prop them on a pillow. We saw some. patients break out in these huge boils. This one gentleman had boils all over his back. Uh, he was on four different types of antibiotics and nothing would help. And uh, on, my, on, on the time I left, he was still dealing with at least two that were still there that we had to dress and uh, clean every day. How long were you working in this long-term care home? I have been working long-term care for four years.
0: Can you comment on uh, how many deaths there were in your um, stay at this long-term care home?
1: Well, my last um, long-term care home, which is um, shocking for me, um, the building holds uh, 55 residents, and um, they they keep a book and a log when people pass. And there were 34 deaths out of 55 in a one-year period I was there.
0: Was that higher than what you had observed in your previous years working in I've, long-term
1: care? In all my years of nursing, period, I've never seen that kind of death rate. I understand
0: that you worked nights and you were receiving communications and faxes. Can you uh, tell us about what you learned from these uh, this correspondence?
1: Sure, um, because I was working night, I would um, get all the faxes and have to file them all. Uh, the, but I would frequently get the, the facts that came from the government and it would list the local, the, the area of our, I guess our group, um, all the, all the nursing homes and which ones were in lockdown, which ones were in lockdown for COVID and which ones were in lockdown for influenza or any other reason. Um, I found every time I got those, our nursing home, was in um, COVID lockdown. Only we never had one case in the whole full year I worked there. So to be clear,
0: the again the the faxes and the correspondence were reporting that your institution was closed for a lockdown, even Absolutely. though there was no COVID that you knew about. Right,
1: and sometimes it wasn't even we weren't in lockdown. On occasion, we had to be in lockdown because we had some false positives for staff or. Patients, but after a two-week period, the lockdown would would be gone until the next occurrence. But there was never COVID in the building.
0: What impact did you see on the residents with respect to lockdowns and uh, lack of visitors?
1: Oh, that it was really hard to watch. Um, they had to stay in their rooms. They ate out of paper plates, paper cups, plastic cups. Uh, they were not no longer allowed to go to the dining room. They were no longer allowed to participate in any activities crafts music anything they were literally in their rooms for the whole two or two week lockdown periods which there were quite a few when i was there and they had no no socialization uh just whoever was in their in their room uh but frequently they they're not always you know uh we have dementia patients and that kind of thing so it's not like real company it's not like getting out and talking and having conversation and and being able to interact with people that that was a huge impact and uh, We found that there was an increase in confusion actually because frequently they didn't know what was happening and uh, you know, they'd be all stressed and they'd walk out of the room and then they have to be put back in the room and um, It was really hard to watch and I know that some patients We saw just stopped eating they stopped getting out of bed and they I, I really believe that they more or less died because they they had no clue why family members weren't coming where are their grandchildren you know where are the people who love them and they could not see them at any point
0: let's speak about um your personal experience um, as far as you could tell when do you suspect you first had covid
1: i first had covid actually um uh, february 2020 before the uh thing was announced and i knew i had covid because i had six years of Never had a a flu or a cold. I take a lot of vitamins. I I take uh, vitamin D, C, all those. I was already taking them, so they had prevented colds for a long period of time for me. But when I got what I perceived was COVID, I was flat out for three days. I like couldn't even move off the couch, and then after three days, I was fine. I was up and about, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the headache, didn't have the, you know, the sore throat or anything like that. I was fine.
0: And I understand you refused the vaccine, is that correct? Yes, I did. So um, what were some of the reasons that you chose not to receive it?
1: Well, I have health issues and I, I was, um, I had t- tested positive for lupus two years ago. So they're monitoring that. I have other autoimmune issues uh, that that really prevented me from wanting to take the risk of putting anything in my body that might, um, like, increase my my symptoms or, or make my, my issues worse.
0: How did your refusal impact your ability to work? Sorry? How did your refusal impact your ability to work?
1: Um, uh, initially, uh, the nursing home was, um, I was fine. I, w- I worked in COVID right up until October 9th, 2021. I worked all through there. I worked large amounts of hours. I mean, I always felt like I was never home, but um, they started saying stuff like, um, okay, we're, we're the nursing home or the owners of the nursing home are looking to get everybody vaccinated. So that was the first step. And then the next step was those who weren't vaccinated now had to do this little online course that they told us all about COVID and all that stuff. I mean, we are registered nurses. I think we understood that. Uh, they put us, you know, in front of that. And they said, it, it, it went through the whole list of what it was. And at the bottom it says, are you now willing to get the vaccine to of which, of course we all went no. Um, I don't know why they thought that that little t- teaching session would help us, but anyway. And then the next thing that kept occurring was we didn't get discrete letters. We would walk into our, our lockers uh, for the morning shift, and the letters would be pasted on, on all the people who did not, weren't vaccinated, saying that we had till October 9th, 2021. When were you put on leave? Um, I was never put on leave. I was just never got any shift after October 9th and was requested not to return.
0: And ultimately, what happened to your nursing license? Uh, I, I
1: had my nursing license for a while, but now um, it, it is—I um, relinquished it because um, I am—I turned 65 on February 4th, and um, in order for me to get back into nursing in case they open the door again, I would have to go through rem- remedial stuff, more work courses, all that kind of stuff to get up and running again. So the time period for me has—it's it, not possible. For me to work in nursing again. Did you
0: consider uh, trying to find work in other areas of healthcare? I did, and
1: every area of healthcare, I was um, not allowed to. I wasn't allowed to work there, and you weren't allowed to work because of your vaccination
0: status. Just to exactly. make it clear. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ultimately, uh, what kind of
1: what did you do to uh, support yourself? Um, I was 10 weeks, uh, 10, sorry, 10 months unemployed. I withdrew money from my RRSP. I withdrew money from my tax-free savings. I canceled all my magazines, my, my, uh, cable TV, anything I could scale down on. I started selling my stuff on Marketplace and made it through the 10-month period. And I was constantly applying for jobs locally in Coburg and Port Hope and not getting any response to which I felt it probably was due to the fact that I was overqualified for minimum wage jobs and that I was um, too old. Do you regret your decision? Do I regret my decision to not get the vaccine? Absolutely not. I think it was the right thing to do
0: for me. And um, if you can make recommendations on how let's say specifically the circumstances and the management of the situation could have been better handled in long-term care, what would some of those recommendations be? In regard
1: to myself or in regard to
0: the patients and all that? Um, you're welcome to comment on the patients, but since you were staff there with respect to management of the staff.
1: Right. Um, I think that, uh, first of all, um, nursing, I've been a nurse for 40 years. So in a 40-year period, we, we all know that we're working under stressful situations, always short-staffed, and they were constantly calling you to come in, and you rarely had a day off. Um, but that just meant that when we were short-staffed, then the patients got less less um, attention. Frequently, if it was their bath day, for example, they would skip it and hope that the next day they'd have enough staff to actually get the person bathed and cleaned and stuff. So that was, that was kind of tough. Um, but that's a, that's a normal part. But I found it really hard to, when I began to talk to other nurses about the things I had been learning about COVID and why I had chosen not to vaccinate, <clears throat> I got, I went to work and there were two days in a, in the week and I, that I had shifts and all the others were gone. Normally I look at my schedule and the whole entire thing is full. I phoned up my manager and I said, what's going on? And she said, we heard you were going to the rally in Ottawa. And I went, excuse me? I, you, you were telling people you were going to the rally in Ottawa. I said, I never ended up going, but that was the plan. I just never had enough time off to go. And that, under that condition, because of that, that I wanted to go to the rally, they um, took away my shifts. Even though they were short-staffed, they still took away my shifts as kind of a punishment. And then once they discussed it with me, they brought all the shifts back because I never did, well, I didn't go while I was working with them. After I got uh, let go, I I definitely went to Ottawa just for the day to see, I wanted to see for myself what it was really like, what was really happening up there. Is it fair to say that you'd never lost shifts before
0: because of uh, political beliefs?
1: No, never, no. No.
0: Certainly sounds unusual. Yeah, it does. We'll see if the commissioners have any questions for you.
1: Sure.
2: Thank you for coming down. Um, Are you aware of the adverse reactions reporting system in Canada, sometimes called CAFIS? No, I'm not. Do you know, you, you mentioned that, that you, you noticed some of the, um, the residents in the uh, long-term care facility were having soreness of arms and, and, and whatnot. Do you know whether anyone was making reports to higher-ups about those, uh, those uh, reactions to the health uh, department? or?
1: Well, those, those issues were, were um, spoken of from shift to shift. I don't think they were ever really documented or ever really um, catalogued in any way, shape, or form.
2: Um you you mentioned um the conditions in the facility with the lockdowns. There were lockdowns for various reasons and and the patients were were in their rooms, they couldn't get out, they so they had no social interaction. Did the province of Ontario provide any oversight, any regulation, any inspection of these facilities to see the conditions that were going on and and to make comment, or did they provide any guidance to lockdowns and social interactions?
1: Well, um, I, I had overheard that there was a ministry person in the office with the director of care. I happened to be in the other room on the computer and I heard them talking, but I didn't specifically hear what they said, but it was obvious that the director of care had to do what the ministry was telling him. And I was quite surprised that uh, the director of care had no response, but kind of like a yes sir response.
2: <laughs> I understand that, that the direction of how to lock down was there, but did anyone from the government come into the facility to actually check with their eyes to see the condition of the patients and what the effects of those lockdowns were on those residents?
1: I'm not sure. I saw, um, that lady come, but I wasn't sure if she was there to assess the residents or the conditions or anything. I'm not sure what she was there.
2: Do you, do you have any idea how many staff in the facility um, were treated similar to you, in other words, lost shifts or, or left the facility due to this issue?
1: Um, in, uh, there weren't a huge amount of staff in there. It was a 55 patient uh, unit. But when I when I was asked to leave, there were also at least four others who were asked to leave. And in an institution that small, that was a big chunk.
2: Well, you, you had mentioned earlier that you're always understaffed, and if you lost four staff due to this issue, how, how would that affect the care this, the residents were getting?
1: I'm sure it was a, um, even worse than usual. I know before I left, I had to train the person who was going to replace me. I know for a fact that These um, PSWs um, especially were fast-tracked in their um, coming to Canada actually and also fast-tracked in the education in order to work as a PSW, which made the staff who were already PSWs and working their, their butt off angry because they were getting so much more pay and they didn't even have to take the long courses that they had to take to become PSWs. They were six-month online course, and then they were in the building.
2: So, are you, are you describing a somewhat toxic situation in the facility with staff angry, short of staff, patients locked into their rooms for days or weeks on end?
1: Yes, definitely. Yes, and the stress on the on the staff was pretty. Uh, you could feel it in the air and they were always being called to come back in on their days off. And so there was a lot of resentment, a lot of like stressed out peoples. It was just too much to, to cover
3: everything.
2: Thank you very much.
3: You're welcome. Good morning. I just have a couple of quick questions on the online course. Who was the author that would have uh, been responsible for that online course? The author? Yeah, who was, uh, was it the government? Was it... I think
1: it was a government um, form, that a little course that we had to, to take. If it wasn't government, then it would have been by the the owners of the, the nursing care facility.
3: So was it accredited, do you remember? I'm sorry. Was it an accredited? education piece or was it just something that had been put together no
1: it was just something they put together so that we could become more informed and uh, be convinced that it would be better for us to take the vaccine than not take it
3: and my second question is i believe through the you may not have been working at this time but i believe the media had this uh, blitz in the middle of covid about uh, the military having to go into nursing homes did you experience or hear any of any information about that
1: i heard about that but that was more in the mississauga area and i work in the east i work i live in Coburg, so i work nursing homes in the region that region um i heard about the the um the military coming in and saying how bad the situation was and i i can tell you just from my own experience i worked most of my career in hospitals and in uh with the VON community, and the end of my career, I've been doing long-term care, and it is, not, um, it is not a good picture. I think it, I went to 10 to 12 nursing homes as an agency nurse, and I can tell you that probably there were three good ones, and the rest were all just uh, struggling, I think, and the patients were not getting top-quality care at all, so.